And my stance on this is that we are either an introvert or an extrovert. For me, it comes back to where I get my energy from and what drains my mental battery. So an introvert typically, and and going back to Jung's definition, intro, looking inwards, an introvert draws their energy from within themselves. So they they are already overstimulated mentally, so they don't need any additional stimulation from the outside world. Whereas an extravert, and you know, Jung was very clear that it was extravert, in other words, looking outwards, looking to something else, somebody else. Extroverts need external stimulation, they need social interaction, they need a stimulating environment in order to keep those batteries recharged. So those basic needs typically define whether we're an introvert or an extrovert. You're listening to the Uncommon Empath Show. Hey, welcome, welcome back. We are here for another awesome episode of the On-Call Empath. And today, do I have a treat for not only the empaths, but Anybody that might be an introvert, this is definitely an episode you do not want to miss. My next guest is Joe Robone, and she is a TEDx speaker, and she specializes in helping introverts flourish without pretending to be something that they're not. This definitely is an interesting episode, especially personally for me. Um, Joe, how are you doing today? I'm really good, thank you, and it's great to be here. Thank you, and you're all the way from the UK, is that correct? It is, yeah. So it's just coming up six in the evening here, and it's been a a rainy and sunny day, exactly what we'd expect in May in the UK. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. I love talking to people all over the world, and um, today's topic, uh, we're going to be tackling everything from, you know, the difference between extroverts and introverts you know, what, what are some of the traits and myths out there? There's a lot of things I want to, you know, talk to you about, because this is, I think, a very um, sensitive subject for a lot of people. But I'm just going to ask you, you know, straight up, you know, um, how did you get into being an introvert? And and you identify as one, correct? Yes. So I, from a very early age, actually, I knew I was different. So I would take myself to bed early to read rather than stay in the kind of family situation, because I knew that by going to bed early, I could I could get get into bed with my book and just lose myself in my imagination and wherever the book was taking me. And as I got older, I, you know, I my family would take make fun of me and would really start to mock me and then as I went into school I would you know get isolated a bit because I wasn't one of the popular girls I didn't have lots of friends all that sort of stuff and it wasn't actually until my 30s that I found out how I was different and that's when I found out that I identify as an introvert so Mm -hmm. It was it was like a wake up moment for me because all of a sudden I was reading this description and it it perfectly summed me up. And I thought, I'm not weird. Mm -hmm. I'm not strange. There's nothing wrong with me. There are other Mm -hmm. people like me to have this description. So it was 
it was such a beautiful moment in my 30s when I found out how I was different. I just didn't know what to do with it then, even though I knew how I was different. Yes. And you went on, I mean, you didn't even find your true passion until later in life, like until 60. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I did, I was, I'd been doing something I really love doing. So I work as a trainer, coach and facilitator, and Mm -hmm. I've been doing that since 1987. So I was lucky to find my passion. um, And, and I found that, you know, relatively early. And I always say to people, find something you love doing, and then it Mm -hmm. never feels like work again. But it wasn't until I was nearly 60 that I got to that point where I realized that I could combine my passion now with my purpose. Mm -hmm. And what my purpose transpired was that it was going to be to tackle the extroversion bias in business because I'd worked with so many different organizations and so many different people who had been overlooked Mm -hmm. because they were the quiet one who'd who'd not made promotion, who'd Mm -hmm. been made to feel quite awkward, who'd been told for years or decades to be something they're not right in order to fit in and get on and that it got to the point where that wasn't acceptable mm-hmm. to me Raj yeah I can totally understand I mean people a lot of people assume that you know being quiet is weak and being loud is strong yeah um, I mean even in the workforce I've um, you know people just assume that because I was quiet um, that I was you know you know I'm going to be agreeable people please or you're yeah. and so when I did speak up, you know, people would be like, oh, wow, like, this is not the person who I thought he was. And, you know, people assume that you're shy, you know, or you're stuck up, or you, you know, you just uh, avoid small talk. And, you know, it's, you know, some of those things with introverts, I mean, for me personally, I'm an introvert when I want to, and I can become an extrovert in certain areas, but I do have a small circle of friends, um, that I like mm-hmm. to keep in it. And that's just the way I like it. But is yeah. it possible? I mean, in your opinion, as far as an introvert, can they go back and forth between, you know, maybe being a little more extroverted around certain types of people? It's a great question. And my stance on this is that we are either an introvert or an extrovert. So let me let me say why I'm so clear about that. For me, it comes back to where I get my energy from and what drains my mental battery. So an introvert typically, and, and going back to Jung's definition, intro, looking inwards, mm-hmm. an intro, introvert draws their energy from within themselves. Mm-hmm. So they they are already overstimulated mentally, so they don't need any additional stimulation from the outside world. Mm-hmm. Whereas an extravert, and you know, he, Jung was very clear that it was extravert, in other words, looking outwards, looking to something else, somebody else. And extroverts need external stimulation, they need social interaction, they need a stimulating environment in order to keep those batteries recharged. So those basic needs typically define whether we're an introvert or an extrovert. There are some people who are ambiverts in that, you know, they can recharge on their own and they can recharge in those busy, noisy environments in an open plan office or whatever it happens to be. So so that basic need is one thing. Then we think about the um, behavior that sits over the top of that. 
because the behavior itself is different. We can all flex our behavior. So there are certain behaviors that we associate with introversion, but some types of introverts, the ones we call the extroverted introverts, can access extrovert behavior and not feel their batteries drained. So from my questionnaire, I'm an, uh, an open introvert, which means that if you ask me how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking, I will tell you. So you better make sure you mean it when you ask me, how am I? Um, an engaging introvert is a, an introvert who is captivating on stage. They have a kind of magnetic personality. They can tell compelling stories. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they're off stage, they're on their own to recharge. And we can all be more extroverted in the same way that extroverts can behave in an introverted way. Hmm. But for us, behaving in an extroverted way for too long that's out of our natural preference is going to drain our batteries. Hmm. And for an extrovert, trying to be quiet, trying to be, trying to slow down, trying to listen, try, hmm. trying to work in a library, for instance, is going to drain their batteries. So it's not as though we, it's not as though we go backwards and forwards. What we say is, you know, I can behave however I choose, provided I have the right level of charge in my mental battery. Yeah, very well said. And I didn't know that there was that many different types of introverts out there. Um, and I mean, I can identify with some of them. A lot of people that are tuning in, um, you know, they're, they're HSPs, highly sensitive people or empaths yeah. who can definitely, definitely identify with being introvert. Like sometimes I'll hear from my listeners where, you know, their friends or family, they'll want them to go to certain functions or do stuff, um, you know, family dinners and going out, mm -hmm. but they are so drained um, and they burn out so quickly being around the, you know, people that's going to trigger them, um, really yeah. quick. And so by saying, okay, I'll go for a little bit. And once you get there, you can just kind of feel like your energy just being sucked out because of the environment, yeah. whether it's work, family, just in general, it doesn't mean like you're going to be in an environment where it's going to be high stress all the time, but just even out with friends that, you know, you really like, um, burnout can happen. If you can kind of talk to us and walk us through how we can prevent it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're quite right. You know, I can spend time with five or six friends who understand me, who respect my space and respect my need for a bit of quiet every now and again. And I can spend hours chatting with them very happily, but put me in a different group of six who don't get me and compete with me and try and talk over me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I start to feel overwhelmed. So for me, the route to burnout, there are three distinct stages in a way. So it starts for me with overwhelm. And that's when either I've been in an overstimulating environment for too long. And for the HSPs and the empaths, you know, it, it's it's an extra load on them because not only are they feeling their own feels, but they're feeling everybody else's as well. So, you know, it's it's doubly hard to manage your boundaries and manage your energy. So overwhelm can happen quite quickly when either there's negative energy around or actually just too much emotion that the empath can't help but take on. 
Um, and overwhelm is when we really need to then check out either mentally or physically, because what we need to do is we need to top up those mental batteries. Uh, and I have some techniques that I use that I call my brilliant battery boosters. And they're just quick little techniques that a bit like that magic mm -hmm. um, charger you get for your phone. You know, the one that gives you an extra hour of juice when you really <laughs> need it. Right. My my brilliant battery boosters work like that, and they're very simple things. Mm -hmm. So it might be using the acupressure points, you know, mm -hmm. the third eye one or the one at the top of the lip, or it might be using an essential oil. So lemon is really good for focus and concentration. Lavender, very good for relaxation. It might be using a crystal. It might be movement. So often I find that, you know, the, the energy kind of builds up in me and what I need to do is move in order mm -hmm. to discharge some of the energy so you know a walk around the block up and down the stairs or a dance break can work beautifully well but I just need to or meditation I just need to mm. do something really quick that just tops up my my battery if I need to keep going now if we don't take care of ourselves at that overwhelm stage the next stage we hit is introvert hangover. Mm -hmm. And that's miserable because it's like a regular hangover, but you haven't had the alcohol. <laughs> so it, it's that point when over, only a duvet day will do, when actually you know that you, you're not fit to see anybody. You, don't, you can't muster the energy. If you've made appointments, you're probably going to need to cancel them. And you just want to keep your head down and keep yourself to yourself. And that's, again, a sure sign that we need to do some serious recharging. If we don't recharge at that point, we're en route to introvert burnout. And, and that can take months to recover from. So we really want to stop ourselves going all the way to introvert burnout. So just kind of giving you a scenario here. Um, let's say I come to you and I tell you that you know, I'm an introvert. Um, and I enjoy it. I like being, you know, in my alone time, I cherish, yeah. you know, my alone time, but sometimes I do want to be around people as well because, um, you know, being alone all the time isn't good either. I mean, in my, in, in my personal, uh, life, I just yeah. need to have certain types of people, um, a circle of friends. So, yeah, if I came to you and I, and I just was experiencing burnout from, let's say a job or people that I live with, if I continue with this type of lifestyle where I'm doing stuff that I'm not honoring myself, meaning I'm going to places that I don't want to go to, what are some ways to kind of go around that and, and just live productive lives without other people just labeling us as like, you know, somebody who's just you know, not a team player, if you want to call it that. Mm. I, I think, you know, there are a number of things. It's hard to order them because I think they all need addressing in some ways. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the first is around managing boundaries. Mm. And it's it's about being really clear about the difference between my wants and my needs. So my needs as an introvert, for, and they're personal to me, everyone may have their own slight difference on this, but my need as an introvert is to have a certain amount of time every day where I'm on my own. <laughs> or if I'm with my husband, which, you know, I am, who's also pretty introverted, 
we have hours of what we refer to as companionable silence. You know, we'll go out to dinner and we'll hardly speak because we're enjoying each other's company. We're enjoying the food. We don't need to clack, clack, clack on (laughs) talking to each other all the time. So knowing your boundaries and being really clear about what my needs are as opposed to my wants and then communicating those to the people that we live with or the people that we love is really important. And I like to do that with some of my clients with a needs chart. It's a bit like a pie chart, really. And you can divide it up into as many segments as you want. And I get every member of the family to do this for themselves, even the youngsters, Mm -hmm. because, you know, introverts identify at a fairly young age, too. So what is it they need? And and distinguish that from a want, because as adults, what we often do is we backfill the lack of having a need fulfilled with having a want. So I need certain, you know, a certain amount of hours alone time every day. Mm -hmm. If I don't get that, I'll backfill it with chocolate. (laughs) Now, it's it's not going to have the same effect. Mm -hmm. But if I if I understand that, actually, I need two hours a day on my own. And, you know, that's quite easy for me to do most of the time when I was going out traveling to meet my clients. That would be my journey time. If I'm in the office on, you know, that would be my time in the office. My husband plays golf when he's Mm -hmm. playing golf. I get my alone time. So that Mm -hmm. works well. And then, of course, we need hydration. So we need water. We need proper nourishment as Mm -hmm. opposed to fuels. And then what other needs do we have? So sleep is an essential and everyone gets the chance to create their own needs chart. Mm -hmm. Then what we can do is we compare it as a family. And at the end of every week, we review how did we do on meeting our needs? And, you know, if I'm feeling a bit crabby and a bit overwhelmed, I can talk to the family about actually the reason that's happening is because I'm not getting this need met. Mm -hmm. So how can we as a family help me meet my needs so that they can meet their needs. And I, I think that's a really <coughs> brilliant way forward. And and I would encourage people to do that and then put in place and maintain those boundaries because, you know, nobody can force you to do anything. If we If we comply, if we go along with somebody else's wishes, albeit resentfully, you know, we have a choice in that moment to say, actually, today's not going to work for me. So please go ahead without me and let's catch up later today or tomorrow. You know, so we have a responsibility to look after ourselves. It's not selfish, it's self-care. So just kind of switching gears here, um, as far as relationships are concerned, uh, when let's say you have, you know, a spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend Mm -hmm. and one is the opposite. So your significant other is a extrovert or could be introvert and you're the opposite. Mm-hmm. Can they coexist? And can is that one of the reasons why maybe people don't get along and lead to breakup in the future? It is if if what they don't do is communicate their needs and establish their needs. So in the same way that I have needs as an introvert, my extroverted partner, if that would be the case, would also have their needs. So they would need a certain amount of social time, a certain amount of socializing time, a certain amount of busy, fun talking time. So it's about us both understanding. And I think 
you know, relationships often fail because we don't communicate. We fear what the other person may think. Mm-hmm. And actually, a healthy relationship is built on the fact that we understand and we love each other enough that we can allow them to have what they need and we can, you know, they can allow us to have what we need. So it comes back to communication pretty much every time in relationships and not compromising who you are because that's only going to end badly. Yes. And one thing um, I noticed when I was going through your Instagram and, and I just want to read this out um, to all my listeners because it really resonated with me and you have this on your Instagram page it says, yes, I am. I'm an introvert and I'm not shy. I'm a noticer. I'm a thinker. I'm an observer and I'm not stuck up. I'm not antisocial and I treasure my solitude. I'm not a fan of small talk. I prefer fewer friends and I am reserved until I'm not. I appreciate to connection. If we connect, you matter to me. Yeah, I love that because I mean, personally, I can resonate with that because it really yeah. speaks to me, and and I know my audience as well, the listeners. I think it mm-hmm. it may um, speak to a lot of people, but for you, um, what is is I mean, what do you think of that quote? And can you also explain what it means to be by flourishing? Because I know your business is called Flourishing Introverts. It is, yeah. And and really flourishing sums up pretty much everything that was in that quote. So flourishing is a I, I didn't know what to call my business. And I woke up one morning and this word flourishing was in my mind. And, and all of a sudden I thought, that's it. And when I did a bit of research, it's a word that's used a lot around positive psychology. And I'm a big fan of positive psychology. I know it's misunderstood because People tend to think it's about having to be happy all the time. That's not what positive <laughs> psychology is. But but it's it's Dr. Lynn Sutz who who talks about the fact and, and she has a, a brilliant definition of flourishing. And she says it's the a product of um, pursuit and engagement in authentic life that brings inner joy and happiness through meeting goals, being connected with life passions and relishing accomplishments through the peaks and valleys of life. And and that so perfectly sums up how I see an introvert who is proudly owning their introversion. They're not apologetic. They're not compromising Mm -hmm. themselves, pretending and trying to be something they're not. They're recognizing that there are ups and downs in life, and we all need to Mm. navigate those ups and downs. You know, nobody said life was easy. And and, you know, it's part of what helps make us human. Mm-hmm. And and the whole thing about, you know, I'm quiet until I'm not or I'm reserved until I'm not mm-hmm. comes back to something you said earlier in that a certain group of friends and I'll talk for the expression is I'll talk for England. You know, I won't stop because what I enjoy are those generative conversations mm. that, that expand my thinking that take me somewhere not the hi how's the weather what was the <laughs> you know yeah that's the, that's that's you that's using my precious mental right. energy for something that doesn't add value 
So with yeah. when introverts flourish, they really step into their own power, their own authenticity, and they play to their strengths with joy. Yeah. And I think also just adding to that is being authentic and, you know, there, there's something authentic with conversations. And like you said, I'd rather yeah. have like, you know, a conversation like we are having right now, uh, mm-hmm. than just, Oh, how's the weather or <laughs> just small talk when it doesn't need to happen. And when I'm ready to speak and want to share my thoughts, I, you know, I'll do that, but I'm very p- particular of who I do that with, um, because not everybody can understand or, um, figure out like exactly, you know, how to deal with, uh, you know, introverts. Mm -hmm. And so just wrapping up here, um, how can we play our strength of being true to ourselves, um, as introverts, because there's no shame in being an introvert. So anyone that's listening, I want to highly stress that from the empaths to the highly sensitive people and even trauma victims, you have Mm -hmm. nothing to be ashamed about. And, and so I'm just going to give you the last word here on uh, how to play your strengths. Yeah. So the first thing is to really identify what those strengths are because many of us have spent years or decades being told we're not enough and to be different and now's the time to say actually these are the things that not only am I really good at but I really enjoy like those generative conversations like listening with my eyes as well as Mm -hmm. my ears so that I notice the small details that other people don't like walking in solitude and you know, the old expression is smelling the roses. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is to identify the strengths that we bring because the world needs them. There's no doubt about that. And then it's about creating opportunities for us to play to those strengths because, you know, this bias, this extroversion bias will never shift all the while introverts comply with it all the while they go along and allow the extroverts to actually dominate the situation it's time that we say we're here and we exist and we have a lot to offer i love that and anyone that's listening that's an introvert or someone that could resonate with this um this is definitely you know profound stuff because it's not talked about in mainstream media or society, you know, we're always, uh, like I said, you know, being, being quiet is weak and being loud is, Mm. is, is strength. But, you know, in my eyes, I think it's opposite. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I agree with you. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today. And before we, we leave, can you just tell the audience uh, where we can find you on social media? Of course, yeah. So um, the easiest place probably is uh, if you go to my website, which is flourishingintroverts.com, you'll find everything there. You'll find my podcast, you'll Mm. find my TEDx talk, you'll find my musings, you'll find links to my introvert group, you'll find the quiz that I talked about with the different types of introverts. So it's a one-stop shop for everything just there. Excellent. Very informative. I love this episode. Thank you so much for uh, you know coming onto this podcast. 
Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, that does it for this episode. Stay tuned for the next. And again, thank you so much for all the great reviews online. If you can also, you know, let me know how I'm doing on Apple iTunes. It definitely helps me out. Um, Again, just know you guys are never alone. With that said, we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.